Well, hello. So it is 11am and I have just stuffed down loads of Itsu chicken dumplings on my way here. So I feel like the pregnancy cravings are well and truly in. Um, But this is also pretty typical of me and how I approach food. I feel like whilst I'm very good at lots of parts of adulting and therefore parenting, my weakness is it a weakness I've just always been absolutely crap with food and food prep like I think because I'm quite busy and I know that's not an excuse because there's lots of busy people who are really really good cooks and who really spend the time prepping meals I am just not that person like up until very recently my fridge would be the fridge that would always be empty and then I get hungry and I panic and I go out and buy something like ready-made and I I just don't know how to tackle it and sadly Tommy is a little bit like me in his approach to food so it's quite stressful with Alf um, now that he's well and truly down his weaning journey and now that I have a second one on the way I'm even more like conscious of like right I really need to like crack this part of adulting and this weekend uh, we went to go see my sister her husband and my little nephew Jasper who's just a couple of months younger than Alf and it's actually so nice so Alf's 21 months now I think and Jasper is four months younger but he's actually quite um, advanced physically compared to what Alf was so they're quite sort of similar Um, and it's the first time that I've been there with them together where I really see their personalities come out and how different they are like Jasper is a little lunatic if there is something to jump on or climb up he will be that person and if Alf goes down the stairs he will stop by the stair sit down go backwards and climb down whereas Jasper will just charge towards the stairs not even looking at the fact they are steps and just like fly out Alf cries at everything like if if the if literally like a feather hits him he'll be like ah start crying whereas Jasper would like hit his head against the table corner and just like stand back up and crack on again and I noticed it with food Alf is like I want to say quite a fussy eater and actually I wonder how much that is to do with me because when he first started his weaning journey I was really good at I say cooking, it's literally like really basic, isn't it? Giving him some broccoli and giving him, you know, a little combo of finger and weaning. But Jasper would eat anything like leftovers. We had a roast yesterday and he'd have like the peas and the carrots. I have to try and disguise those things and I'm worried. So I basically wanted to speak to someone today who I not only have her recipe book and have used her recipe book, um, but she is an award-winning Sunday Times best-selling author, a phenomenal chef. She's also a mum to her daughter, Nina. Um, she's on Instagram, Instagram sensation. And I've just found out we are also from the same little town in Northumberland, Hexham. So um, it's Rebecca Wilson. Thank you so much for joining me. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, hello. Thank you for having me. It's so such a pleasure to be here. So I've actually got your recipe book in front of me, What Mummy Makes. And it's amazing, by the way, but what, whenever I say on Instagram, I'm struggling with food ideas, so many people recommend your book. And it was actually oh, because nice. of that that I got in touch because loads, so many people were saying, you need to buy What Mummy Makes, you need to buy What Mummy Makes. And then I was like, oh, I've got that book and I have been using it. So let's start from the beginning. How did you sort of, were you always into cooking or was it just when Nina came along that you panicked like I am and thought I need to get on top of everything now? Well, I think I have always had a real passion for cooking. I grew up in a family where my mom cooked every night and we sat around the table and food was quite a big part of my life. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a cook a home, home cooked meal from scratch every single night of my entire adult life. That's not what I'm like. I'm very much a convenience cook. I like to make food that's super quick and simple and make recipes on the jar and, and use up ingredients that I have in the fridge. That's the type of cook I am. Um, and I've always had a real big love for recipe books. I've been collecting them for ages. So writing a recipe book myself was just a, a, a mad madness, really. <laughs> that, I can't believe that this is my career now. I've just published my fourth one, which is just crazy. Yeah, I'm excited about that because it sounds like a bit of me. It's called Fast Family Food. And I was like, I need a bit of that in my life. <laughs> Super quick. Yeah. I mean, I think that one will be the most helpful for you because I, I think if I'm if I'm right in thinking it's the thought of cooking that's the daunting bit of it. It's the th- thought of having to think of what to cook and then having to buy all the ingredients and then you feel like, oh, I've got to make time to actually cook it now. And that's why I wanted to write this book, Fast Family Food, because it's, it's all just proper homely food. Most of the time, most of the recipes using ingredients that you will probably have already lying about in your kitchen and everything is prepped in just 10 minutes. So it takes away that sort of feeling like, oh, I've got to get up and cook now, or I've got to factor in half an hour to cook now. It's just 10 minutes. That's all you'll need. And I think if you think about it that way, it makes it feel less stressful and less daunting. Yeah. Do you know what? I follow um, a mom on Instagram and she put up this weekend her timetable of her food plan for her kids. And like every breakfast, it was like something different and every lunch and every dinner. And it, it actually like freaks me out because I'm like, how, what about all, the, like, how do you fit all that food in your fridge? And what about the way, like, how, it, like, the whole concept of cooking? And I know this is probably really basic adulting for some people. And you're probably like, how have you survived to 35 and you still <laughs> don't get all. it? But the whole <laughs> thing is baffling. And even, um, Today, I'm actually going to see my friend. Um, she's got a newborn. So I said to Tommy, oh, can you pick Alf up from nursery? You know, all the usual. And he was like, what should I make him for dinner? And we both were like, 
don't know. And we've been really bad that um, the supermarkets have like these ready meals and we know that they're not that good. Like they're pasta and pizza. And I mean, it's, it's not what, you know, when I started out with the weaning journey and I was doing like the bitter vegetables and, you know, being like, I'm going to get him into all of this stuff. And because he's so fussy, like Jasper, my nephew, honestly, like you could put anything in front of him. Whereas even if I cook it with like butter and cheese and anything to try and disguise the taste, like Alf just won't eat it. So then it makes it stressful because I'm already bad at the adulting admin of like doing a shop and <laughs> prepping meals and then knowing that you're going to spend that time and he might not even eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes you feel like you don't want to do it in the, in the first place. Yeah. Like you feel like you're going to fail when you get to the end point. And then what I find really interesting in your book and what I love the concept of is that it's what like just cook once for you and your baby, which is obviously mm-hmm. the ideal thing. But then Alpha always eats early and we normally eat after he goes to bed. So how do you even, how do you tackle that? Like what, basically, can you just talk me through everything from the beginning? Cause I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I haven't uh, matured from a, from a teenager or adolescence with this side of life. So it's definitely well, for I me, the most when- stressful part of parenting. Oh, bless you. And well, I think, I think if you can try and just take away that, that stress and try not to feel like it's, it's really, really important because it is important, but it's not so important that we need to worry about it, you know? And I think the reason why I created these types of recipes, because I, I only want to be cooking one dish per meal i don't want to be cooking something for myself and something for my daughter or cooking something for her and then forgetting about myself and then i'm hungry and i'm crabby and all of that kind of things so i just wanted to cook once and i appreciate that everybody's got different uh feeding schedules so i quite like to eat together with my daughter um and by eating together with your little ones you are minimizing fussiness and helping them to um, grow their confidence in food by watching you and how you're doing it and really be encouraged by you. So, so what time would you eat even, with her? Even as even when she was like a toddler, what kind of time, what would be your sort of schedule? About half past five okay. is the dinner time really. But I've always been quite a sort of slack on the routines. Um, it's worked for us. I know some people find comfort in the strict routine, but for us, uh, we kind of were a bit more fluid. But generally between five and six would be dinner time. And then depending on when that's finished, we would think about bedtime after that. Um, but on, on occasions when I haven't actually eaten with her, say I'm really not hungry at all and I don't I don't want to eat or, um, you know, we all all different just as our little ones, which is another subject on little fussy ones, not eating. Um, but I still would cook the family meal and I would say have a tiny little portion as like a little snack and sit with her and then I can reheat mine later on. So you are still only cooking once and you're minimizing that energy, you know, food prices for um um using the oven, you know, all the energy costs is really expensive now. So minimizing how many times you're actually cooking one day is really great. But also it just take out the fuss of it all, doesn't it? Um and if you just have like a tiny little portion as a tiny little snack when you're sitting down with your little one, they are much more likely to enjoy it as well. And that minimizes the whole, well, they're not even going to eat it. I'm cooking this all and not even going to bother eating it. So if they do, if you do have a tiny little bit with them, it can, it can often be 
quite positive. To be fair, I quite like eating early. So um, our finishes at the trial mine is at five. So obviously if, if I can plan a meal or cook a meal or whatever it is, mm. I could actually eat with him at 5.36. The problem is obviously... Tommy would still be at work then, and um, but I guess yeah. that's the same for a lot of. It is parents. tricky, it's like isn't the it? Juggle of, but especially when you're both working as well. But I guess even for stay-at-home mums, it's like when are they? Where do they find the time to like prep the meals? Right. I guess nap time. It is really tricky to fit everybody's schedules in. I think, I think you've just got to try and do your best. There's no set rule on what works for everybody. Um, I think I think the important thing is is if you can't eat with your little one or it's not something that you want to do, you want to eat with your partner later on, let's say you when you're both home. Um, I think the important thing is to to still sit down with your child while they're eating. So they still have that family meal time element. And as I say, just have a tiny little snack. It's just what 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 I prefer to avoid is having my daughter eat by herself and then she's not that interested because she can see me pottering around because I'm so, it's so tempted to go do some of the jobs, you know, while she's at the kitchen table for me to do the dishes or get on with other stuff while she's still and not in under my feet, you know. But I actually have to stop myself and think, no, I'm going to sit down with her, have a drink or a cup of tea or just have a little plate of what she's having and, and just enjoy time together talk with each other talk about what's on her plate and how I cook the food and what she likes about it and that engagement is really encouraging for a positive meal time god you know what it's so interesting because Alf I've managed to get him on to eating um pesto pasta that's always been my guilty pleasure so the reason he started doing it is because I put whatever it was that I'd given him in front of him um i think it was probably still mashed veg and some chicken or whatever at the time and i was eating pesto mm. pasta because i was starving um it was just a couple of weeks ago so because i'm pregnant obviously i'm eating like i just eat a lot more i'm so hungry all the time by the thank way. you um <laughs> so yeah then he started wanting to reach for my food and i was like oh you won't like it and then i don't know why i just presumed he didn't wouldn't like it um, and it was like for CD, so you know, it's quite easy to grip and he loves it. Mm. And I wonder now that you're saying this, it so makes sense, but he was watching me and he wanted what I was having. Yeah. And now he, he likes it. And even last night, because we got oh, back quite late, we sat together and we had it. Whereas, and I know that there'll be mums that are like gasping horror at this and probably like be very judgmental. But like, usually I just whack him in front of an iPad because he eats better when he's distracted so I have noticed that sometimes with my daughter as well. And also I want to say the shame that comes with the way our, we parent our children should, should never be a factor. Do what you need to do. It's your child in your life, you know, but if you, there are other ways that we can also think about how, how we want to feed our little ones. And if some days you just really need this, just want them to definitely eat and they can, you can put an iPad in front of them. That's fantastic. But we could also take that element of the distraction and put that into conversation and a distraction around what, what, discussing what they're eating and and being really sort of giving them lots of attention can also have that same effect of an, the distraction rather than just sitting looking at their food thinking I don't want to eat that you know but it takes a lot of effort from us as well and we have to think about ourselves and what 
how much energy we have in that day. But I, I think if I, if you can at least do it two, three times a week, that's a start, definitely, isn't it? And we don't have to be perfect parents every day. Um, just if you can. Yeah, and I like that. I I really like the idea of like sitting with him and even like telling him, because obviously we go through his books and he's always pointing out carrots or whatever it is, but I wouldn't, I mean, it's so obvious when you say it, but I wouldn't think if there's like carrots on his plate that were chopped up, obviously he's not going to associate that with like the carrot in the ground in his book. He doesn't know what it looks like, yeah. So that's even like conversation that you can have with them. How, How did you or do you go about like meal prepping and I'm sure there's so many people <laughs> listening like come on Ashley like but as in do you have a, like say on, on every Sunday you're like right I'm gonna prep the meals or I'm gonna plan what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna do my food shop or because I am literally like it comes to a meal time and then it's like panic sets in and I'm like what can, what can I make there's nothing in the fridge <laughs> well I mean there's lots of ways you can go around it you can be the mega organized parent and you can pick a day of the week and go through your cupboards in and your fridge to see what you've already got in write that down on a on a list and then think about meals that you can make with those ingredients and then just write a shopping list for the extra bits that you need and then you've got that all planned for the week so when it comes around to the day you know exactly what you're cooking and it minimizes waste as well you could do that in just a couple of days ahead you know i don't think we we need to have that pressure of doing it for seven days a week ahead of in the week I think it's great if you've got the time and you that makes you feel super organized and makes you feel less stressed but also it can feel quite daunting and it's quite a big task as well to do if you're not in that routine so even just doing it you know it's Monday do it for the next two days do it for Tuesday Wednesday and then you know what's happening on those days and when it comes around to the meal time you feel less daunted and less stressed and there's recipes in my new book um in the slow cooker chapter, which are really great because you can just prep them for 10 minutes in the morning and then when it comes around to dinner time later on, it's all done and you take away that sort. When's your book out, by the way? Because I'm already like, I need this. No, it's out now, Fast Family Food. Um, and it's all all recipes that are prepped in 10 minutes and it's just proper home cooking. And uh, There's a batch cooking chapter. There's a one pan wonders chapter. There's a super speedy chapter. So everything's ready in 10 minutes there. So it's even less stressful. You know, you feel like, right, it's dinner time now. Kid is hungry now. I've only got 10 minutes, but that's all I need to cook. The Ultimate Podcast for Married at First Sight fans is here. This is Recapped at First Sight. The new podcast, keeping you up to date on all the love, fallouts, drama and secrets as the Married at First Sight UK bride and grooms try to make happy couples. And we're your happy couple right here, in a professional sense, of course. Join me, Kat Shub. And me, former Maths UK groom Bob Voisey, every morning after you've watched the latest episode on TV. Plus, we'll have some special guests along the way enjoying our very own wedding breakfast. You bit the caterers, right? Uh, about that. Recapped at first sight. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Nina ever a fussy eater because I hear that some toddlers are or some aren't and then somebody said to me um, my, my my sister actually was like yeah but I think Alf in that stage where textures and everything are a little bit more funny for them so maybe he's just going through mm. a fussy stage and Jasper might go through that stage but how do you navigate the fussiness do you literally just have to keep going and keep trying different things or keep offering mm. or what how because it is so disheartening especially if you're like me and you're not really a chef and I mean if I managed to cook a meal I honestly feel like that is my Oscar moment like I could do a, I could do a, a speech being like yeah oh. I, I am amazing I'm so well on top done. of it yeah that is like it's like pathetic but that that is how I am so then when I like when I put, go to that effort to make something and he's like straight away sometimes he doesn't even want to put it near his mouth he's like no more no more no more and I'm like, please, oh, Alfie, please. <laughs> so what, what is your you. advice? That's another benefit of why cooking just one meal is 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 helps me out because it means that that food's not gonna go away. So that food's still for you as well. You can be like, okay, well, I'm gonna have a nice meal. You do you do you little one. This food's not going to waste, and it feels less disheartening when the food is refused. But in terms of fussiness, I genuinely, all kids have a fussy streak, and I'm doing like quotation marks here because I don't think kids are actually fussy, fussy unless they have a real, a real um, issue with food. I think every kid is has goes through phases on what they do like and what they don't like, and they got. It's not just about their preferences; it's to do with um, it's to do with their mood and it's to do with their developmental changes within their bodies and um, especially when this is more so in, to- in toddler ages as well and baby to toddler um, which I'm talking about 
it goes through a phase where I think it's about 13 months is quite an often age where parents say, oh, my, my child used to eat so well and now they're so fussy. They don't want to eat this. They, they've turned their nose up or they're throwing food too much. They're just throwing all the food on the floor instantly. And it's to do with them suddenly becoming much more independent and aware of their own uh, hunger cues as well, and they and they they come they get like a rebellious streak in them, and they know how to say yes and yes and no, and it, it's all it's, it's it's a psychological developmental phase that children go through that, and it it really affects their feeding. My daughter is, is she's a great eater. She she is adventurous, but she's still she still has fussy tendencies. She will not eat cooked carrots at all at all she will eat them raw she won't eat them cooked at all she's as she gets a little bit older she's she's at school now she's just started school in september she watches what the other kids like and don't like and i really see how that is um that she's she brings those tendencies home as well with her so there's lots of different factors involved here um and i think it's reassuring to know that it's not just my child who doesn't eat. It, this is just what children are like. And it's our job as parents to keep on offering a wide variety, showing them how delicious the food is by eating together, not having any pressure on them by, you know, if they're not eating, don't force them to finish their food because it gives them like an adverse reaction to the, the situation that makes them feel stressed out and it's not going to help you in the long run and and also trying to avoid offering alternatives can also have that negative effect because they'll remember that next time and the key is to just keep on going with a positive attitude to it and, and know that it will pass they won't eat wasabi food now but if we keep on offering it they will start eating it and then there'll be something else that they don't like and you know it's just it's always revolving and always changing and i think we we as parents it's our role to just help them come encourage them to eat gently and try not to put too much pressure on them do you know what you've actually ourselves. answered a couple of questions that i was going to ask so the first was about offering an alternative and mm -hmm. the other one was about force, like, do you just force them to eat it? Because some of my earliest memories are my mum, like, sitting me at the table and say if it was peas, I think peas and carrots were, like, the things I was, like, I'm absolutely not eating them. And I must have been, mm -hmm. I don't know, three, four, I was so young because we moved house at five and it was in that, ha it was in the first house. And I remember my mum being like, you are not leaving the table until you eat your peas and your carrots. And I can remember in my head thinking like, I will win this battle. And I would sit. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, I don't care how long I have to sit here, but I'm going to show her that I, I will not, I will not eat it. And I, I can remember like it was, we, we lived in a farm. My dad was a dairy farmer. And I would just sit at the table all day. And every time she'd like look over, I'd just be like staring at her. Cause I remember thinking like, I will win the war. <laughs> and it didn't win. work, it never worked. And then obviously she'd eventually give in or the next meal time would come around. So she'd have to give me something else. So I was like, but now that Alf doesn't want to eat, obviously I would never be like, you have to eat it, you have to eat it. Cause he'd get upset, but equally, I don't want him to go to bed mm -hmm. hungry either. So how do yeah. you avoid not offering the alternative? <clears throat> Well, do you like peas and carrots now? Yeah, 
Got a, peas are my favourite. Peas are actually my favourite, especially like I actually like make them like from like into meals. So sometimes if I'm really lazy, I'll be like I'll just get some butter and bacon and whatever it is and add it into the pea mix. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like it now. But I did not like being told to eat them. Well, I think that I think that's the key is that our children will grow to like these foods at some point in their life. So I know I know our role as parents is to try and shape them to be fantastic adults um, and, and, and to eat everything and enjoy everything and be full um, after every meal. But I think we've got to pick and choose our battles and how how is the best way to go around it. And I personally feel that if I force Nina to eat uh, eat a certain food it's not going to make her like it and it's not going to make her want to eat it next time I, I, like like her like yourself she's quite independent and quite um has a rebellious streak and if i make her do something she does not want to do it and children are often like this and i think if we allow them to come to their this own conclusion on their own i think they feel much more happy and proud of themselves and 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 more independent in the decision making which is really important for the longevity of them enjoying healthy food uh, uh yeah but how would you not offer the alternatives? Like, so for example, even at the moment, Alf's fang teeth are growing and quite often when he, he's going through like teething stages, he doesn't really like much solid food. But his like mm-hmm. go-to things are watermelon, cheese and bread. So sometimes if, especially when he's teething, if he's like, no more, no more, even the stuff that he normally likes and he's like, no, no mm-hmm. more, no more. And he goes, cheese, meme. Meme cheese, and so then it's like, well, do I let him go hungry, or do I like fill him up? And oh, then I, and then I get, and do you know what? It's funny because I don't get mum guilt about anything. I'm really comfortable in all of my decisions, but with mm. food, I do get mum guilt because I wish I was one yeah, of those. Worried. Like sometimes I look and I'm like, I see like these parents on Instagram, and that every meal is like green and red and orange and pink, and I'll be like, here's some Weetabix for breakfast, and here's oh, you're not eating, here's some bread and some cheese. And I'm like, oh, I want, I really want to be that person and like have that child that eats everything. And I never thought I would be a bread and cheese and Weetabix mum. But I just, yeah. I I think we're all a bread and cheese Weetabix mum. I think there's, I think that's another subject of social media and try not to compare ourselves because you really, that might be the picture that they're taking, but is their kid actually eating all of that food? You know, have they only picked out the unhealthy bits of that plate and then left all the healthy green bits? You know, we don't know. So don't ever compare yourself to what other, other parents are doing because focus, focus on your own child. I think that's the most important thing because you are doing a great job and you shouldn't you really shouldn't be doubting that at all and there's absolutely nothing wrong with offering Weetabix it's it's really delicious and it's healthy and it's full of nutrients and it's got milk in there which is full of protein so that's it's a really good thing you know that's not a bad thing at all um but when it comes down to offering alternatives and, and them asking for an alternative I know that's so so tricky to be like no you can't because we have this natural instinct as our parents for our children to be full and happy and well fed right but it's finding that balance between breaking the cycle of 
them expecting something else when they ask for it. So if you give them something that they're not that keen on or that they, um, they're they not yet that adventurous with trying new flavors and it don't, it's a daunting feeling for them to try something new, their automatic reaction is to not do it and ask you, their person that looks after them, for something that makes them happy, makes them feel more comfortable. And us as parents have a like an urge to be like yes okay i'll give you that feeling right and and make sure that they're well fed and they eat something but they're going to remember that so the next time you offer something that isn't familiar to them or they're not too sure of they're just going to ask again and again and again because they remember last time you said yes and you gave them you gave them something else I can't sit here and, and tell parents to to say no to your child when they ask for something else because you know your own child and what is the right thing to do and how much they've eaten that day and how much nutrition they actually need because every child is so different. But as a general rule, I find that it's best to avoid offering alternatives so that the precedent of of that action isn't doesn't become a norm normality and our child is understands that the food that they have in front of them that it's what they have to try and if they don't eat it then 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 that that is what's on offer and our children are, are much more resilient and are much more in tune with their own hunger cues so then then we then we expect them to be so i think we have to trust them that when they are done or when they don't want to eat anymore, that is how much that is, that is, that is it. And try not to force them to have something else and something, some more food, but it's finding that balance and it's a learning curve and really trusting your own child and understanding how much they can eat and how much they want to eat. And also this changes on a daily basis as well. You know, some days kids don't want any, anything at all. And some days they want to eat absolute loads and that's really normal as well. So let's say, for example, we're go I'm going to role play. So I've got um, your book here and in the fussy eater section, there's cauliflower cheese, gnocchi bake. So let's say you make that for you and Nina and you sit down, you give her her little bowl, you've got yours. And she says, no, mummy, I don't want it. So I'm Nina. What? How would you navigate that? So I probably would have served that alongside a little bit of veggies that I know she would like. So it's got cauliflower in there. Nina does not like cauliflower. She doesn't so like it. So number one, you wouldn't have given her that. <laughs> it's a, it's no, a dish well, anyway. I would I would still I would still cook it. That's the thing. I know that she doesn't like cauliflower, but I will still cook it because she it's really good to keep on offering foods that I know they won't like because they're never gonna get over this aversion if unless we allow them to so I do still offer it on a regular basis but because I know she's not too keen I will offer the pasta the gnocchi pasta dish it's got like a cauliflower cheesy sauce alongside it um and I would serve maybe some cucumber sticks on the side which I know she always likes so because when I put that food down on a plate and there's something that she recognizes on there which is the cucumber she likes it and I know it's healthy and, it, and I'm just going to eat it she's she's not going to look at the plate and be like oh it's all scary I'm just going to say no straight away there's something for her to go at. And then as she settled down in anxiety of the not too sure about foods on there kind of 
goes away and we're having a nice conversation and she sees me starting to eat the food as well and I can do my subtle oh this is really tasty this gnocchi is so yummy mm. not like mm, this is really so good Nina you must eat it you must eat it me just going you know a little bit over the top than you would do with your friends but just being like oh this is so tasty I mean look at this crispy bit of cheese that's really yummy and eating that bit and then they get like FOMO, right? <laughs> they might try it. And if she tries it and she doesn't like it, and I'm like, fine, well done for trying it. You did a really good job then. That's really fantastic. You, you've got your cucumber there. This is only the food that we've got today. So eat the bits that you would like and you can leave what you don't what you don't want to eat. And that but this is dinner tonight. And that's how I go around it. That's really good. Do you know what? When people say things, it's really obvious, isn't it? Sometimes you're like, oh, of course. And you would, yeah, of course I would like, you'd want to put stuff that they do like. It's like, yeah, my little brain's going like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Do you- Variety as well on the plate is really helpful for enticing them in. You know, if there's have not different elements on, on the little one's plate makes them feel um more excited to kind of explore it not every child minds some children don't like that at all so i think it's just this is what nina likes nina likes lots of different things on her plate so i think it's trying not to do different things with your children seeing seeing what they think do you always offer like a sort of dessert because i i i i was always offered dessert both at school and with my parents but i don't know if that's Mm -hmm. quite a northern thing because Tommy, Tommy and his family wouldn't always have dessert, but even my parents, when they come down, they'll always be like, what's for pudding? Um, you know, like <laughs> that's like a, a big thing, but often, you know, whether it, even if it's just like a fromage fray or some fruit, mm. do you always offer something sweet at the end or is that? I completely resonate with the whole Northern thing with the puddings and I this slight little gripe of mine with nurseries and schools sometimes that they always without fail will offer a sweet pudding with every single meal, lunch and tea snacks. And for me, I personally feel like it's not needed. And so at home, we don't always offer a pudding with every meal because um, I don't want her to natch, to grow up with a a feeling that she must have something sweet after every meal. And I know I have that feeling after I finish my dinner, I want to eat something sweet. And I often will reach for something unhealthily sweet, you know, and sometimes I'll say to Nina, well, there's a piece of fruit. If you are still hungry, you can have that if you would like, but that is, that is it generally. Don't get me wrong. Maybe once a week we do have something, something else, but I don't, it's not like a a set routine that we have pudding after every meal, but this works for us. You see, that's how, that's how we, that's how I like to parent my daughter, which is not to say that if you do offer a pudding after every meal, it's a bad thing because there are healthy puddings out there and there's ways to sneak in veggies as well with puddings. This is just how I like to do it. So that my, that Nina doesn't become reliant and, and doesn't want, to have a pudding every single day because um, she's already getting really sort of really not addicted, but like she really, really likes sweets and she really likes chocolate. And I want to try and minimize that, that sort of urge to enjoy it every single day. It is she's a funny thing, like isn't me, it? The whole like, yeah, you're right. Like at school, you always get some kind of pudding after, but yeah. I feel like when I sort of moved away from 
diet culture and the idea that you have good food and bad food and cheat days and naughty food that's a treat mm. and that, I feel like that all came from this idea of like well eat the boring food and then you can have a then you can have a treat right so I yeah. don't really I, I don't naturally have a sweet tooth anyway but I wouldn't have like unless my parents are down I wouldn't have my pudding like it's just not something that I really think about like I'm sure I'll have yeah. like a bit of chocolate or whatever when I fancy it but it's not like a you know we have pudding every night after dinner. Oh, I, and see, I understand that completely. You want to offer variety as well. And I think a nice way around that is if you do want to offer that variety, because say a farmage variety has a lot of calcium in there and it's really good for them as well. You can offer along, offer it alongside the main part of the meal. So it's not like um, a given that it's a pudding. It's a sweet thing that comes after the meal. You, it, it can be served alongside it so they can have it first if they want or they can have it halfway through their main meal but they're deciding on when when they want to eat it and it's not seen as the treat that comes after eating all your veggies or your savory part of the meal you know really interesting and as someone who i mean this is literally your job like you make delicious meals from scratch and you know make amazing recipe books what is your view because i didn't realize this was another controversial topic about pouches because there are pouch police out there like i the sirens come into my dms and when alf was younger and weaning i actually thought oh thank god for the pouches because obviously i would try and do like the finger led weaning or whatever it would be or i'd do purees but on the busy days or the days when we're out and about I was like, thank God for pouches. And you look on the back and they look really like literally there's nothing in it apart from fruit and veg. So I was like, these are fantastic. And then I put them up on Instagram. And the, like I said, the sirens come in like, Nina, Nina, like, did you know? Like, like I can't believe you'd feed your child pouches. And I, I didn't honestly didn't know it was a thing. So as someone whose job it is <laughs> and who obviously knows about children and nutrition, what what are your personal thoughts on on the pouches. Well, I think to start with, I think people that have got a massive issue with how other people feed their children or parent their children is just ridiculous. Uh, you see more and more of it, don't you, these days? And everybody's got their two pence. And I think if you you parent the way that you want to do, want to feed your children and parent your children and take the advice from reputable sources take advice from where you've researched it, not from unwanted, unsolicited advice. In in regards to pouches, there are so many on the market now that are there are really good. Then they're full of just healthy organic ingredients. The ones that you need to be mindful of that I personally would avoid is when you're starting weaning and you want to uh, offer purees to your little one. Quite often they are super, super sweet. And even the ones that are vegetable based have, say, their butternut squash and pear. And you look at, or broccoli and pear is a better one, actually. Um, you'll look at the ingredients and it's like 15% broccoli and 85% pear. So, of course, it's going to be super sweet. And our children, our babies are naturally prone to enjoy sweet foods because they're the milk is sweet, breast milk and formula milk is still, it's both really sweet. So the job for weaning is to get our little ones used to a wide variety of tastes. That includes the bitter greens that you were saying that you started weaning with. 
So when you only offer super sweet pouches, you're not letting your little one um, develop this broad variety of tastes uh, and, and get used to eating do- lots of different tastes and textures. Um, and so it, it can really it can really be bad for help raising a, a confident eater. You, they may more likely be fussy when you move on to the more solid foods. There's another thing, an argument about the amount of sugars that are in those sort of ratios and the pouches, and that's really not good for the little teeth that are developing as well. Parenting is really, really hectic and really busy, and it's really stressful. And I think if you are feeling overwhelmed one day, there's absolutely nothing wrong with using a convenience that is a healthy option. No, but you're right, though. It's that sort of judgment. And for anyone who does feel judgment about this, like I mean, obviously, I've been saying that I've been comparing myself and it is so easy to get sucked into it. But people seem to have the most to say. And of course, in an ideal world, we'd all be feeding our babies fresh, like freshly cooked from scratch food every single day. But we're also all in these really, really hectic, busy lifestyles, like modern day society. We're not in the caveman days anymore where our only task was to like cook for the family. Like it's so hard to fit everything in. And that's when I sometimes I'd be like, give me a break. Like honestly, like in my head, I'm like, pouching is better than not him, like him not having food. And on some days, it's like, what do you want me to do? Like you can't catch a break because you genuinely don't have time to fit everything in a day sometimes, do you? And also I think when when your baby reaches six months and you've always had the convenience of only milk and you've been able to go out and about and do whatever you want with with being able to just take milk with you or feeding from the breast, then suddenly to go into feeling like you need to give them three meals a day and need to be at home three times a day to give them that that food, it feels really daunting and really restricting. So yes, we can make food to take out and about with us and that's fantastic, but sometimes life doesn't work out like that and there's like last minute plans and things and I think there's nothing wrong with using pouches when you with health healthy forms of pouches when you when you need to 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 take the stress out of everything that you've got to do that's really good to know even like sometimes i like on my badly organized days i'll use them still as like like you were saying some of the savory ones whether it's like the curries or spag bol and i'll like put it with the pasta and some veg or whatever it is but it's like I just need a break because um, else at the childminders as well. So we have to do lunches. So sometimes I'll be like so busy trying to get his packed lunch together for the next day that then thinking about another meal as well. But I have to say, I am genuinely really excited to buy the fast family food book. Um, I feel like I need it. And I do have a question. So every, every week, every week um, people email in or sometimes even WhatsApp in. um, And I had one from Sharon, which is very topical for today. So I thought this would be the question that I bring to you. So she said, hey, Ashley, I'm getting in touch as I've been an avid follower of yours for years. I had a little boy about the same time as you too. I find now he's moving on to solids. I'm spending so much time just cooking. Do you have an easy and quick kid-friendly meal you can recommend that I could eat too? So, I mean, this is literally like your bag. So maybe one of your recipes, your go-to recipes, that's really simple, really quick, and we can all eat. Mm. Well, I mean, all my books are 
full of recipes. Every recipe is suitable for the whole family from six months. But I think to pull one out from my new book, Fast Family Food, and from the super speedy chapter, um, I really love the fish pie gnocchi. It's just, it's like fish pie flavors, but in a super speedy 10 minute meal. And it's full of protein, it's got veggies and it's got carbohydrates in there. And it's such a great meal. And you can chop up the gnocchi really small for your little ones and serve the fish nice and flaky for finger food or you can blend it up if you are still doing spoon feeding as well um so it's it's a really good really good meal for the whole family i would love to know everyone else's by the way if you've got your go-to simple recipes email them in and i feel like together we can get through it but like i said um i, I literally cannot wait i'm gonna I'm going to go online now as we finish this and order the meal thing because I feel like both me and Tommy will uh, benefit from it. So, Rebecca, thank you so much for for your time and thank you to all of you guys for listening to Mums the Web of the Parenting Podcast. I really hope it was helpful today. I'm sure some of you are a lot better at the cooking thing than I am, but for those of you who do struggle with ideas and inspiration and just aren't naturally good at that part of adulting um i hope you found comfort in uh, rebecca's words and um, i'm sure lots of you are going to be buying her new recipe book and um yeah if you did enjoy the episode make sure that you subscribe or um, press the follow button so that you don't miss an episode and yeah as i said earlier like we love to hear from you so if you want to get in touch whether it's about something we've talked about today or a topic you want us to cover um you can whatsapp so you can send a voice message it's free and you can obviously do it anonymously if you want that's 075-999-27537 or you can email at askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com and of course if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts then that's really easy to see as well and I'll be back with another episode same time, same place next week Flexibility is great that's why there's yoga Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.